Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. This show is designed to help you, a values-driven coach, build a sustainable and meaningful business that gives you the life you want while you help others. So my guest today is Tanessa Shears. This conversation, hmm, it left me Googling all things biohacking afterward because Tanessa is really onto something. So she's committed to helping business owners, just like us, be more productive, feel happier and energized, be more impactful in our work thanks to biohacking. So what is biohacking? That is a great question. Essentially, it's the practice of making incremental lifestyle or health changes that dramatically improve your performance. I'll let Tanessa tell you all about it, but the part of biohacking that we dove into in this episode is sleep, which by the way is one of my favorite pastimes. So Tanessa's going to reveal the truth about how much sleep we actually need to perform at our best and how to improve the quality of your sleep to accomplish bigger goals in your business. It was an illuminating conversation for me. And yes, I even bought some red goggles afterwards. So you can find out why by tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Tanessa. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. We were touching base before we began recording, and this show was going to happen and come hell or high water. This is, I think, our fourth (laughs) attempt at getting our schedules lined up. So I'm glad to have you here. (laughs) We made it. We did it. it. And that's a wrap. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We just would like to announce that we made it. (laughs) So I'm excited for our conversation because it's different from a lot of the expert interviews we do on the show. And I think it's so essential. So we're going to talk all about biohacking and why it matters and what to do about it. And I think the best logical place to begin is to just ask you to please walk our listeners through what is biohacking and as a business owner, why should they keep listening to our conversation today? Yeah. Isn't biohacking such a word though? When I first heard it, I was like, what is that? Is that illegal? Like, what do I need to know about this? And if you go and Google it, to be honest, you're going to get everything from like how to make your bedroom a better place to sleep to like, you know, stick yourself in a frozen tank and watch what it does to your health. Like there's a lot of information on biohacking out there and it can be really intimidating if you just Google it. So I'm going to break it down the way I use it, which I feel makes it really like relatable. So think about this. It's essentially making small changes to your outside environment, whether that honestly be the lighting in your evening or, you know, how the temperature of your bedroom, and then also making changes on the inside, things like how you're sleeping, what we're putting in our mouth and all how it affects our ability to show up, to focus, to feel present, to feel that clarity of thinking we like, longevity and our health. And all of these things, what makes biohacking specifically different from like a health habit is that you are always looking for the return on investment. And that's why I find it clicks so well with us as entrepreneurs. Like, isn't that our language, return on investment? Yeah, completely. So instead of motivation that I've had in the past, which might be like fitting into my jeans better, or I should eat healthy, or I should exercise more. And there's, it's a little bit nebulous. What I hear you saying with biohacking is we make the results the process is so measurable. I get such immediate feedback that I like. I get hooked into it more and experience the benefits in a deeper way. 
Yeah. So one of the cool things about biohacking specifically is it's really well known for like tracking a lot of things. Like even right now while we're recording, I'm wearing a ring that's tracking so many things going on in my body. And I'm also wearing a watch. Now here's an example of like how I would use that. If I was trying to say, use the biohacking of light in the evening and how it affected the quality of my sleep, what I would do is I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be consistent with this experiment for a week and then watch how actually my sleep duration changes my quality changes by using a lot of these outputs. And so I'm able to be like, that worked or that didn't. Because I know as entrepreneurs, like we have a yeah. lot of stuff to do. We, a lot of us have kids, we have families, we have businesses. We don't have time to be doing all the shoulds of health habits. You know, the ones yeah. you just said, we don't totally. have time to do them all. If they're not going to give us more energy out than we put in. And that is where I think biohacking and entrepreneurship is such a marriage. It is like, what specifically about this is working and is repeatable and should I keep because it benefits how I show up in my business with, you know, clarity and focus and productivity and energy. I love it. I love it so much. So for all of our Hive members listening, tune into this because this fits into our data over drama theme. So Tanessa, one of the mantras we live by inside of my program is called data over drama. And it's just about, we could have all kinds of feelings about that sales call that just went sideways. And we're allowed to have those feelings, but when it comes to how we course correct, let's make changes based on what really happened and the data that we've accumulated. And that sounds like exactly what biohacking does. Exactly. It's taking the emotion out of it. It's either it worked or it didn't. You didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. It can be challenging sometimes, but at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, clearly this is making me get more sleep and this is making me feel more energized tomorrow. So why wouldn't I keep doing this? And then I get to make the conscious decision of whether to keep it or not based on actual data instead of, I don't feel like it today. I don't know if it's working. Some experts said I should do it. It Mm. so simplifies health. And then that relates back to how we are able to show up in our business. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about showing up in our business. I think for me, I hold a pretty big container. Our listeners are all coaches. We are holding containers for people. And there's this other container of our business that we're trying to grow. So what do you think steals our energy the most? Like, I believe that my energy bucket is my greatest resource. So what's depleting that the most in my business? For entrepreneurs, it's kind of a two-part thing. One is that there's this really funny side effect that happens with growing a business, and it is the fact that we just stop sleeping as well, or we stop exercising, or we stop Mm -hmm. eating as well. And all of these things start slipping off the plate because we tell ourselves, first five-figure month, great, then I'm going to be successful and I'll have time for this. When I get to six figures, when I hit whatever our goal is, is we keep telling us that we'll have more time then. And I find it's fascinating that as entrepreneurs, we decide that it has to be this choice between our health and the success of our business when it really doesn't have to. And when we start letting sleep slip off the table. And it doesn't have to be a lot, just enough where you're not waking up feeling very good. And we're not managing our stress the same way because we're on, we're thinking about our businesses, responding to clients, we're thinking about solutions for them. Like we don't turn off and we are grabbing food now out of convenience because we're using that time that we used to maybe have healthy meals or sit down with family to get some extra work in, or we're seeing clients in the evenings. Like all of this starts to creep in and it's very slow. And all of a 
sudden we're waking up with brain fog and we're waking up and we're not feeling very clear anymore and well rested. And it's getting harder to be consistent showing up to our desk because we're just not feeling that juice and that creativity. And like you said, with the energy bucket, it starts to be depleted because all of these slipping health habits that have happened so slowly over time are creating inflammation in our body. And like I said, it's showing up as brain fog. Got it. Yeah. I had a friend once refer to this as like falling feather syndrome. And he was talking about it in terms of nurturing your email list. Okay. But that's what you just described. It's like we get a little bit loose or a little bit leaky and, and we start feeling a little less energized, but it can happen so slowly. If I'm riding on that feather that's floating to the ground, I may not even notice that I'm falling. Absolutely. It's like when we get stuck in becoming a, what I call it a human doing instead of a human uh-huh. being and it's go, 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 go. And we get to the end of our day and we are just like, oh my gosh, that was a long day. So then we say, I need some me time after kids go to bed or whatever that is. And we spend all that time scrolling our phones or staying up for Netflix and we no bedtime came and went. And there's that argument with ourselves, but then we tell ourselves we deserve that time. And it just ends up being this battle with ourselves where we just don't feel the way we want to feel in our businesses anymore. And it makes it such a struggle to just keep showing up. Yeah. Okay. So brain fog, let's just for everyone who to feel really clear, let's define it. And you talked about it a little bit, but can you get a little more granular around what actually creates brain fog? Yeah. So brain fog is not something you're going to walk into your doctor's office. They're going to be like, you have brain fog. We need to do something (laughs) about this. (laughs) If you think about what it is, it's a collection of symptoms, really. Like, you know, when you're just not, your your memory doesn't feel very sharp. You're riding through your day, you're low energy, and you just feel fatigued and you're easily distracted. That's another good one. You're having trouble staying focused and concentrating on one thing at a time. And your thinking generally feels clunky or cloudy. Like I know one that happens to me is if I wake up and I'm having a foggy morning and I sit down to write a newsletter or write a social media post, you know, those days where you're like, I have nothing. Like there is, it feels forced. It feels uncomfortable. Nothing is flowing. Your brain is almost like it just doesn't turn on. So when I talk about brain fog, it's essentially your brain is unable to have the clarity you need to get done what you need to get done. And when we talk about, well, where the heck is that coming from? There's inflammation happening in our body. We all know what inflammation is. We've all sprained an ankle at some point. It gets red, it gets swollen. It gets, you know, there's all that fluid that accumulates. Well, that actually happens in our brain. And it's usually caused when I work with clients, it comes from either poor quality sleep, not eating the foods that nourish our brain and not managing the stress and the constant state of fight or flight we put ourselves in running businesses. Right. For me, brain fog often looks like forgetfulness. Yep. I'm still able to turn it on and knock out a great Instagram caption, but I will forget I did it by the afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. Or another one I find that I've had personally is I go down to sit or write an email and I can't remember the name of the person I'm trying to write an email to. And I'm like, I don't even know who I'm emailing right now. That's how it shows up for me. Right. I have to confess, I've never considered before that there can be inflammation in my brain, which is weird because I'm very, I'm aware of inflammation in every other part of my body. I've just never considered that our brain, of course, can experience that as well. Yeah, we're so focused on inflammation of the gut and digestive from what we eat, right? But there is such an integral link between our gut 
and our brain, right? And not to mention the fact that if we are not recovering properly with a good Mm -hmm. solid night's sleep, our brain is not able to perform properly, right? And it's not able to recover from the thinking we did that day and the creating, right? And so we're left over with just a brain that's not working properly and we're not achieving the capacity of performance that we could be should our brain be well rested, right? Right. All right. So let's just cut to it. Tell us how to get rid of the inflammation that causes our brain fog, please. (laughs) You know what? So I always used to think, well, there are four equal pillars, exercise, food, stress, and sleep. But after working with so many people, I can tell you hands down, there is a foundation under those pillars and it is sleep. And it is the number one thing that sets us up for ease in making good choices in all of the other areas, right? So when we're looking specifically at sleep, a well-rested brain is able to concentrate, produce work at a higher output. We're able to focus more. And when we come down to sleep, one of the first things I always love to look at is, well, are we getting enough sleep? And that seems like, like a boring enough question on the surface because... Everyone says, of course I'm getting enough sleep. I go to bed at 11 and I wake up at 7. What are you talking about? I get eight hours. I'm fine. But when I strap these wearable technology trackers to my clients, and I'm a spreadsheet girl, everything goes on a color-coded, conditional formatted spreadsheet. Like We can see the numbers in black and white. What most of us don't know is the average entrepreneur spends about an hour to an hour 15 minutes awake every single night. And this is on average. So when we are taking time from the time we close our eyes to the time we fall asleep, that's time your brain is not in restorative sleep. Tossing and turning, waking up to use the washroom, time that we are slowly being pulled out of deep sleep as we wake up in the morning. So most of us, if we go to bed and give ourselves eight hours to sleep, but we're the average person and we're awake for an hour 15, you're now in the category of sleep deprivation. And most of us don't even know that's a thing. Right. Yeah, because when you talked about sleep, I was that person sitting here listening to you, Tanessa. Yeah, well, I go to bed. I go to bed pretty early, sometimes 930 and I'm up by about 530. But I am up in the night. For sure, I am up in the night. And I'm, I'm a really light sleeper. And my husband is not. And he loves to rumble and roar. <laughs> okay, so what I hear you saying is, It is about the amount of sleep we're getting, but it's also about the quality. Like you can't separate those two things. So if I understand you and I'm up for an hour and 15 minutes in those eight hours, then I need to give myself nine and a half hours to sleep. Is that? Yes, that's called sleep opportunity. We want to be giving ourselves enough opportunity to account for that awake time. And before, you know, you really start looking at, well, how the heck can I make my sleep more efficient? That awake time is going to be a little longer. And like we said, the goal is, is to be able to whittle that down to 20 to 30 minutes because it's totally normal to have wake-ups during the night and to take time to fall asleep. All of that is normal. But when it is getting an hour, hour 15, hour and a half, it usually means there's stuff going on in our evenings or our routine or how we're eating that are disturbing our sleep. But to answer what you said, yes, sleep duration is one component, but there's quality. So just to give you kind of a brief idea, while we sleep, our brain is in one of three types of sleep deep sleep, light sleep, and dream sleep. So for the purpose of us as entrepreneurs, we want the deep sleep and we want lots of that dream sleep, that rapid eye movement dream sleep. Mm -hmm. 
So it's fascinating. While we are in deep sleep, our brains are able to process things, long-term memory, consolidate what we learned that day, and really refresh ourselves for the next day. So if we don't get enough of this, we often wake up feeling really groggy and brain fog really sets in. In contrast to that, at the end of the night, in the early morning hours, we experience a lot of dream sleep. Now, I call this entrepreneurial gold because of what Uh happens in our brain when we dream. So as coaches, this is a non-negotiable part of your sleep that you do not want to be doing anything in your evening to compromise this. So what dream sleep allows us to do is it allows us to read facial expressions and body gestures much more effectively. So when we're holding space in a coaching conversation, I want to be able to notice when my client leans back, when they make a facial expression, when they cross their arms, I need to be in tune with that because it's going to allow me to push or redirect my questioning, right? So it really lets me tune into the client experience so much better when I've had enough dream sleep. Now, on top of that, dream sleep also helps us manage our emotions better. I mean, we've all had a bad night of sleep, woken up, felt irritated. Now, transfer that over to your business. You get a troll on Instagram or you get a client that, you know, leaves a really long message where they're like, we need to talk about this. And it sets your emotions off, right? As much as we want to be neutral in that, our ability to remain neutral in those emotionally charged situations is completely compromised when we don't get enough dream sleep each night. And then the last thing that dream sleep lets us do is it actually allows our brains to be more creative and think outside of the box. So when we're working with clients, I mean, every client we work with has unique problems and they sometimes need unique solutions. I want to know that my brain is able to think outside the box to help them no matter what they come to me with, because Mm -hmm. that is what's going to make me a better coach. So for me, It is not a question of, oh, should I stay up or get up an hour earlier so that I can get to work? It is which of these wonderful benefits of sleep do I really want to give up by cutting into my sleep? It literally makes us a better entrepreneur to have the quality of sleep. And part of that is making sure you're getting long enough sleep to get that. Right. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, The very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. Okay, so what else can help me have more dream sleep at night or help our listeners? I'm being so selfish here. I'm like, tell me more. So I have two questions and I don't know the best order. I'm thinking it's this. So we talked about just allowing for enough time, but are there things I can do during my day to set me up for more quality sleep at night? 100%. The first thing is we need to enhance what's called your circadian rhythm. So all of our bodies work on a 24 hour Mm -hmm. clock. 
hormones, body temperature, heart rate, you name it, our bodies work on a clock. And so when we are constantly switching up our bedtimes and our wake-up times, and most of us will do this on the weekend, if we're varying our sleep by more than two hours from the weekdays to the weekend, we're actually disrupting our circadian rhythm. So why is it so important? Well, because certain things happen at certain times, meaning the hormone melatonin that helps us get really good sleep, it goes and starts to rise two to four hours before sleep. Now, if your body can't predict what time you're going to sleep, it's like, I don't know. Do you want melatonin now or do you need it in four hours from now? And then we end up staring at our ceiling, wondering why we can't fall asleep half the time. It's just because our bodies are not optimized for that, right? Yes. But beyond that, to answer your question specifically, when we're talking about REM sleep, there was a fascinating study done where they looked at two different groups. One group read on an iPad before bed. So this is simulating the blue light that comes from TVs, phones, tablets, all of that. And the other group read on a paperback book. Well, what they found was that in the group that was reading on the screen, so this is the same as watching TV, scrolling Instagram, all of those pre-bedtime habits, is that there was a 90-minute delay in the rise of that sleep hormone melatonin, which then delayed all quality of sleep. But here's the crazy thing. What they found was that it didn't just affect you that night. There is a three-night digital hangover where your melatonin is affected for three days post-screen exposure before bed. And what ends up happening is the REM sleep is affected the most by it, by that screen before bed. So we all know about blue light, right? But it doesn't really affect us until we're like, oh, that's how it is. It literally stimulates a protein on our back of our eyes that tells us it's the middle of the day. Halt all melatonin production. We don't want to fall asleep right now. It's look at blue sky. But then all of a sudden we turn it out and we expect our brains to be ready to have high quality sleep when now we're getting that whole delay in that hormone cycle that is really allowing our brains to work at their best the next day. Okay, so what about the person listening who's thinking, yeah, but... Yeah, but it really helps me unwind to crawl in bed and scroll through Instagram. That, Or that's when I text my sister, right? I crawl into bed and it's like the last thing I do is look at my phone. Yeah, but if I was your client and I came to you with that resistance, how would you coach me around that? Oh, that is such a good question. I actually ended up last year doing a whole masterclass on the how to go to bed on time because of this exact question I get so often. What I always like to look at when I get the, that's my me time, that's my unwind time, is I always first like to start with why we need so much of it in the evening. And what I find is that during the daytime, there is no allowance for being. And eating lunch and eating lunch without also responding to emails. There is no time outside. There is no five minute, how am I feeling right now between coaching calls? It's literally like one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock. And we get to the end of our days and our brains are so frazzled because of the constant input. There has been no break in the day. So what ends up happening is we feel exhausted, or we feel like we deserve a break. And I hear this all the time. So then what we go to do is we're like, I just want to have some me time. I want to feel refreshed and I want to feel restored. I'm going to go and sit there and watch Netflix. And there's nothing wrong with Netflix. I just want to say that right off the bat. I watch TV as well, but here's how we use it. We sit there and watch Netflix, but we're also 
on our phone scrolling at the same time. So we're not really paying attention to either. We're just kind of buffering with all this like dopamine, low level information coming in. It's not really making us feel the way we want to feel from this downtime. Like when I ask my clients, like, what do you want to feel after your downtime? They tell me one of two things. Usually I want to feel refreshed or peaceful and I want to feel relaxed. When oftentimes we are just doing that mind-numbing escape from the day we have had because there was no breaks, we end up just doing activities that don't actually create refreshed or don't actually create relaxed. So what happens is instead of having high-quality leisure time that takes an hour, something that really refuels you, we end up needing three and four hours of TV time at the end of the night to unwind. So my challenge is always this. What if in your evening, you maybe watched an hour of Netflix and then replaced the next hour of it with something that actually refuels your soul? Maybe you're catching up on blog articles that you've been waiting to catch up on, reading a good book you've wanted to dive into. Maybe there's a paint by numbers you have sitting in your closet that you haven't gotten into. Something that allows you to escape from the input of all the other brains in the world and process your feelings and process your emotions and just be a human. And I find that when we can create that sense of like relaxed and refreshed, we don't need endless hours of me time that are running into our bedtimes. And so we're able to create some space in there that we can still do that stuff but it's not running our tanks dry. It's refueling us and giving us what we need. And often finds when they make that switch and they put in that hour before bed that's focused on that rejuvenating experience, they no longer need to be on their phone till the moment they go to sleep. Right. I also heard you say, or imply rather, squeezing in some of that replenishment time during the workday. Yeah. I mean, who likes to get to their end of the workday and feel just like they need to collapse on the couch and that they deserve mm -hmm. endless hours of TV, right? So I always say like, what is it about the way that we are planning our days? Why are we spending so much time in that lean forward, masculine doing energy? Where is the balance between being flowing and doing, right? And not everyone needs to have a perfect 50-50 balance. Maybe we can lean yeah. a little more into the planning and scheduling. But oftentimes when we have that hypervigilance that we need to retreat from, it's because we spent so much time in planning, scheduling, doing, meeting, coaching, fight or flight without the break. I mean, five minutes on the deck between coaching calls, mm -hmm. things like that. You know, just how about just stop and check with your body? Like, what are your muscles feeling right, right now? Are your legs tensed up? Is your jaw engaged? You know, can we just, how am I feeling right now? Can I be a human being for two minutes right now? Just right. help pull out of that. Right. Okay. So what I'm tracking so far, number one, be respectful of my own circadian rhythm. So whatever my routine is, maintain that routine so my body knows which hormones to kick out at what time. Yes, that's exactly that. Number two, really take a look at what's underneath and how I want to feel after my me time mm -hmm. and design me time that gives me those feelings, which yes. is just not going to be texting my sister when I fly in bed. <laughs> well, and for okay. some people it might be, but the amount of people that mm -hmm. don't feel that way after they spend four hours letting Netflix episodes roll is astounding considering that's not the way we want to feel, right? Right. And then I guess this was the first one you mentioned, but actually giving, allowing for more time for sleep, an hour and 15 minutes more than what I think is a good night's sleep, because that's 
typically how much sleep we're missing in that eight hours. Okay. I'm so curious to know what your bedtime routine is. If you're willing to tell us, right? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, I want to explain first why it's designed this way and then show you the example. So you're like, well, that totally makes sense. So we have different brainwave states that our brains are in all the time. Right now, while you are listening to this episode, while you and I are talking, your brainwave is in a state called beta. It's focused. It's alert. We are concentrating. This is great. We want to be in beta right now. Problem is most of us stay in beta with constant input and thinking and stimulation right up until the moment we want to fall asleep. And then we either fall asleep out of exhaustion with no quality sleep or our brain really starts to get going, right? So there's a second state that I like to engage my brain in before I go to sleep called alpha wave brain states. So this is that feeling of relaxation and restoration. Your brain waves slow down. It is a more introspective time. There is reflection going on. It is a withdrawal from the information of the outside world and focusing on what's going on. So I always like to make that slide into sleep. So when I'm looking at my evening routine, I'm looking at taking me from where I am in the evening, which is beta, you know, whether that's making dinner for the kids or getting your planning for tomorrow. I want a gradual, gentle, luxurious slide into sleep. So how that looks in my night routine is I'm an early sleeper just like you. So at 7.15 in our house, that's when the TV goes off and we're like, okay, it's time to get everyone up to bed. I have a two-year-old right now, so it usually looks like shower time, PJs, brushing our teeth. At 7.30, my husband and I, who I've, I finally have recruited him into this whole journey. I mean, he looked at me like I was crazy for a couple of years, but we put on these glasses that have red lenses in them because what they do is they block out all colors of light that aren't orange, yellow, and red. So this simulates sunset happening, which triggers my brain into starting to produce melatonin. So this happens at 7.30 and we have our Martian glasses on. I love From it so there, so you're just looking at each other through rose-colored yes. lenses. It's perfect. I know. It looks like we live on Mars. It's wonderful. <laughs> so you can notice here we went from watching TV, having family time. There is that downshift in energy. It's now pulled away from tech. Phones go off. Everything's on airplane mode at 730. We're now brushing teeth. This is that part where, you know, it's starting to take care of us, focus on how we're feeling. We then go bedtime stories because we love the bedtime stories, the three of us together. She goes down at eight o'clock at night. That's when I will jump into bed and I'll usually read for 45 minutes. So you can see the down step. Now I'm not engaging with the family. It's me. Yeah. So most of the time I'll either fall asleep reading or if it's a really good book, which is like... I love a good book, but I hate a good book because it doesn't yeah. really help me fall asleep. So sometimes I'll put the book down. I know. So sometimes I'll put the book down. And then what I'll do is I will engage in breathing or I will meditate for a couple minutes. So you can see the slowing down process that begins at 730 and has me falling asleep at nine. It is not input, 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 sleep. And that has created such luxurious sleep. And that makes me feel really well rested when I wake up. And it is just, you wake up with that energy, ready to go, take on your day, you're excited. And that is just the way, I love starting my day like that. And there is just very little in the way of evening routine that I'm willing to prioritize over that. Got it. Okay, so 
for our listeners who hear you say 7.30 and think, what are you even talking about? But what I heard you say was it's 90 minutes, like 90 minutes before you want to begin sleeping. You've got your red glasses on, you've unplugged from tech, and you're really starting to unwind. So if I go to bed at 11, I might start that process at 9.30. Yeah. When I work with clients, Mm -hmm. I'll usually start them at 60 minutes because it's something that feels a little more reasonable. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and it's something that I love. But the interesting thing that you pointed out was like your routine starts at 730. I mean, most people aren't, some people aren't even home at that time. You know, the family's (laughs) all still out everywhere. So this actually plays into a fascinating field of science called chronobiology, which basically means the science of body time. Now, we all have this gene called a PER3 gene, and the length of it determines what time on the clock that that cycle should be happening for you. So there is a fantastic guy. His name is Dr. Michael Bruce. He wrote a book called The Power of When. And what he did was he classifies people into one of four what we call chronotypes, And specifically, each of these chronotypes has a designated time on the clock that they should be going to sleep and waking up at in which their brain works the best. So my chronotype is actually called a lion. I am part of the 10 to 15% of the population that operates really well, nine to five. Mm. 15 to 60%, 10 to 15%. And this is why the 5 a.m. club drives me a little crazy because that would mean that 85 to 90% of the population are not genetically, I'm not talking about your habits or what we want to be, genetically early birds. And yet when we force ourselves into those routines, we end up giving ourselves what is called social jet lag. The experience of being off of our biological clock due to our social schedule whether we're staying up late or waking up early. So he actually has a quiz on his website that you could, it's a free quiz you can take, but it'll tell you which of these chronotypes you fit into. So I've had some clients before that really wanted to follow like an 11 to seven, but they woke up groggy all the time. They felt their brain wasn't very sharp during work days. They weren't getting much done. And we tested them and found out that they were sleeping in the wrong chronotype window. And we shifted them and literally all of their energy came back just from following what your biology is designed to do. So having said that, like it's fascinating to use as a guide because when you have kids or a job or partners, it's never perfect. Good luck. But if if you knew that your energy would be better if you could be up an hour earlier and you can make half an hour work, well, how much better might that feel? So- I used to follow, like I said, the 11 to 7. That was me until I found out I was a lion. And then I switched to 9 to 5. And it was like fireworks in my brain. How much better my brain works in that time in the morning than trying to fit into the social schedule that like traditional jobs and workplaces all do, which is the 9 to 5, right? So chronotypes, it's a brilliant way to figure out if that might be why you don't feel so clear in the morning. Yeah. I want to just clarify something for our listeners because I may have gotten confused there and there might be listeners who feel the same way. When you were talking about your chronotype, you said that you are a nine to five and you meant sleeping from nine to five, not working from 9am to 5pm, right? And so 11 to seven, you're talking about the hours that were sleeping, not the hours that were working. That is correct. Chronotype refers to the most optimal time to be asleep. Asleep. Good. Yes. Thank you yes. for that. Good question. question. <laughs> All right. So I'm just dying to know, and this might be a great way to wrap up our conversation today. Could you share 
maybe the top two or three biohacks that anyone listening could start doing right away? Yeah. So (laughs) number one, ensure that you are wrapping up dinner at least three hours before you want to be asleep. Mm. Food causes our heart rate and our blood pressure to go up and digestion. When this happens, it takes longer for our heart rate to drop at night and we don't get the restorative sleep that we would need. So just pulling your dinner back and experimenting with that, huge change to our sleep. Number two, invest in some good blinds. So I have my clients perform something called the hand test. So they will stick their hand right before they fall asleep and right before they wake up, six inches in front of their face. If you can see it, it is too bright in your room when you are falling asleep and waking up. So not only will this affect your melatonin production, but there's also been studies that have shown that light in your room, whether that be from a street light outside or honestly a flashing light on your bed to table, a clock face, can cause your body to stay in mild fight or flight all night. So if you're waking up a ton at night or if you're not having very good sleep, check to see if your room is completely dark at night. And I really like blackout curtains, roller blinds, And I even go a step further and I take some Velcro and I'll Velcro the sides of them to the wall so that I don't get all that light bleed into the room. The last one I would say is if we're really looking at optimizing our sleep, we have to think about how our brains worked pre-indoor lighting. So we responded to environmental cues in the evening, the blue light of the day It gets darker, it gets red and yellows and oranges and pinks, it gets lower on the horizon and less intense. We wanna mimic that in the two to four hours before sleep so that our brains are properly cued for good sleep. So what this simply looks like is if you have dimmer switches, turn them on. If you Mm -hmm. can turn on bright overhead lighting, this includes bathroom vanity lighting, and you can turn on a lamp instead so it's lower and it's not an overhead light, That will help you sleep better. And then if you can start changing the tones. So there are color changing light bulbs available, which is great if you really want to get uh, nerdy with it. But you just use soft yellow light bulbs on your bedside lamp. Or you can be like my husband and I and live on Mars in red glasses. And that will do the trick too. I'm joining you on Mars. (laughs) So yeah, think about like what does the light do in real life if we had no indoor lighting? How can I replicate that so that my brain is receptive hormonally and time-wise to sleep. So Mm -hmm. those are the big ones. Black out your room, make sure that your lighting mimics outdoors. And then the other one was eating three hours from bed at least. Great. Would you recommend, so let's just say we have a late dinner. (laughs) What's better for me, having a shorter window or moving my bedtime? So if you're going to have a later meal, what I would actually do is look at, if you can, the composition of your meal. So specifically, our bodies don't deal with carbohydrates very well at night because the hormone that helps to lower blood sugar doesn't work very well at night. So if you can stick to a meal, if you're out for dinner, that is lots of veggies, green leafy things, protein and fat, something that is lower in that carbohydrate, that will really help maintain stable blood sugar during the night, which will help you sleep a lot more soundly. I would do that because we live. Once in a while, you're going to have late meals for sure. Completely, completely. So I'd love to just wrap this up. I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but protecting everyone's privacy, of course. I would love for our listeners to hear before and after story, whether that's of a client that you've worked with or in your own life, to really illustrate the impact that these small biohacks can have on the way we're able to show up and the results we're able to create in our businesses. 
Yeah. Well, everyone is a little bit different. So just saying yeah. that just because we do these things doesn't mean they're blanket across the board. But I had a client that started with me. Six figures is not Velcroing my curtains to the wall, is it? <laughs> that, that is not a direct correlation at this point, no. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was, though? That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I yeah. I had a client that started with me and she came to me running a very large copywriting business and a tech business at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she was eating between meetings, mostly things that were like jello and ramen and the very fast things that we eat. And she was getting anywhere between five or six hours per night of sleep. So the first thing we did was we went in and really started lengthening out her sleep. And she was very resistant to it at the beginning. She's like, I cannot run this level of business if you are asking me to take two more hours out of my day and start sleeping. That it was yeah. just, it was no. Um, and on top of that, she was losing two to three days per month to extreme menstrual cramps and having these anxiety spikes right around her cycle. So what we did was once we started balancing out her sleep, I said, okay, let's just do this half an hour at a time. And over four months, what we ended up doing was getting her up to seven to eight hours. And it was fascinating. She said to me, you know, I get done in one day now what used to get done in two days. She said, because I think faster, decisions are easier. I don't stress over everything so much and my brain works a lot better. It doesn't take me so long to do everything. And because she wasn't feeling so overwhelmed and stressed out, she was able to delegate a lot more. Right. So it was fascinating. She, I, she's always said to me, like, should you have told me that you were going to take time away, in her words, take time away from me? I, I would have freaked out. But she goes, the fact is, is like when your brain is working better, it doesn't take time. It gives you time back because it doesn't take you so long to do everything. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward, we have her eating and everything now, and she's no longer experiencing those debilitating days where she needs to cancel work three days a week due to menstrual cramps. It's a huge loss. That's 10% of your month, yeah. right? So really working through stuff like that. I mean, that's a great example. Like just the clarity and the energy. I had a client send me a message yesterday after we've been working on her sleep for only about four weeks so far. And she said, it's so weird. I'm going to bed an hour and a half earlier every night, but I have gotten everything done in my evenings and I have time left over now because we took out a lot of the mindless behavior. And she's like, I just have time. I don't know what to do with now. And I'm going to bed earlier. And that's when you get to do the fun life projects, all those things that we never have time for. So a lot of it comes down to not only feeling the clarity and the productivity, but the time that opens up. When we think that paying attention to our health will take time out, it's giving you time back in the form of the energy and the clarity you lost from letting those things slide, like that feather effect you talked about. Oh, I love that story. It makes this whole conversation so concrete. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was fascinating for me. So oh, I really thank you. I really appreciate your passion for this and also your expertise. It was so fun to get to connect with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me on. So for our listeners who are going to go out and buy their red lens glasses and take selfies and DM them to you, <laughs> what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Janessa? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if you're wanting to just send me an awesome photo of you in the red glasses, which I would totally appreciate, I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Tanessa Shears. But beyond that, if like all of these different biohacks have sparked an excitement in you, I have a podcast called Becoming Limitless and every episode takes one biohack teaches you how to apply it and how it affects your business. So if you are like, I want to zone in on those red glasses, tell me everything and how they work. I guarantee you there's an episode on that. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much. All right, everybody go grab your red glasses and then tune into Tanessa's podcast. And thank you for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review, do all of the things <laughs> to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers biz mentor you can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there so believe me when i tell you it'll be worth it okay thanks again for tuning in i truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and i hope you have a wonderful week